The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom, so we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com Teams. So you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the very first episode of the Rotowire Prospect podcast my name is clay link I'm alongside james anderson if you're out there on twitter you can find james at real jr anderson you can find me at clay w link james is our not only our lead prospect writer for major league baseball but for nba as well so uh, very very glad to be on with you james and this is kind of your brainchild uh, you found the market inefficiency with prospect podcasts uh, so we're going to be coming to you every monday for the rest of the season talking strictly podcast uh, strictly prospects so i'm pretty excited yeah, I think, you know, the I don't know what we're going to do for the rest of the episodes before the season starts, probably just kind of recapping articles and talking about our dynasty leagues and stuff like that. But uh, once the season does get underway, we're going to try to do something kind of unique where we watch a minor league baseball game and, uh, you know, a marquee matchup of ty- of sorts and then kind of talk about it on the, on the show the following day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm mean, definitely excited to do that, and hopefully we can get around to some some uh, minor league uh, affiliates who are close to us here in Wisconsin, relatively close this summer, and maybe do some 
uh, on the road, some remote podcasts, uh, get you some firsthand takes on, on some of these players who are rising through systems. Uh, but first, James, I want to get started uh, with a recent mock you did, uh, strictly prospects in this mock, too, with some really big names in the industry. It was on Baseball Prospectus, but uh, Jim Callis of MLB.com, Eno Saris of Fangraphs. I mean, you got our former colleague Nick Schlain here at Rotowire. He's uh, since moved on to Baseball Pro, but uh, still keep in touch with him and glad to see uh, he, he's coming up in the ranks in uh, the industry. But uh, Al, Al Mancor, CBS, uh, am I saying that right? Al Mancor? I am no. not quite sure. Al Melquire? I don't know. Who, I, well, he's, 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 yeah, CBS. Yeah, I definitely follow um, him. And, you know, John Sickles for mm-hmm. uh, Bleacher Report. Brett Hershey, eight Baseball HQ, I got to meet at First Pitch Arizona. Really great guy. Brett Sayers, the guy that kind of put this all together. He's the, the head uh, prospects, fantasy prospects writer at, at, at Baseball Prospectus. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. Uh, we did 10 rounds uh 15 teams so 150 minor leaguers were selected and you kind of just treated it like it was a, a starting from scratch dynasty league yeah and i know you kind of submitted your top 200 prospects for for our site uh somewhat right around this time and uh seeing you picked seventh overall in the, in the smock uh, you ended up popping noah Cindergard at number seven overall was that true to your ranks or was uh or did you maybe reach a little bit, or was that pretty much right in line with with how you had it going? No, that was – I went best player available for, I think, my first eight or nine picks or so. Um, or actually, no, I, for eight of my ten picks, I, I mixed it up once in the middle. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was kind of hoping that Corey Seager, Addison Russell might fall to me. I didn't really want to go with a pitcher with my first pick, but mm-hmm. – at that point, it was kind of between Syndergaard and Joey Gallo, and I just opted for the guy that I thought had the, the better chance of helping this year and beyond. Yeah, and I know you're a big fan of Gallo, so that really speaks to you know how much you like Syndergaard. And you got to see Gallo's BP at the Futures game this year uh, firsthand, and you may even get to see him at, at ground level when you go to <laughs> Northwest Arkansas here in a, in a couple weeks, uh, I guess a little over a month, but uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh your second pick, you picked Nomar Mazzara. Uh, he's a guy who I don't think a lot of a lot of uh, you know more casual fans really know a lot about. Uh, what can you tell us about this guy's tools? Yeah, I mean he, him, and Gallo, I have as the top two prospects in the Rangers system, and they both have significant power that should be able to play at the at the highest level. I think that Mazzara. You know, people know the name, I think, because he was a, a big-time signee yeah. uh, out of the Dominican a few years back. It was actually a record signing bonus back then. Uh, but he's still just 19 years old and was more than holding his own at, at uh, low A last year, uh, 264 average, 358 OBP, 470 slug with 19 homers in – uh, 106 games there and and that was you know as a as a youngster so I mean I think there's a lot to like going forward with him yeah 121 strikeouts last year but also 66 walks so uh that, that patience is pretty impressive for, for a kid who's only 19 years old and you know at at an advanced level for for uh, that age so definitely impressive and your third pick you, you grabbed Tim Anderson who 
I like certainly as far as uh, pure athleticism goes, uh, but there are some concerns. What are the main question marks in his game? Uh, you know, he he's going to struggle with advanced pitching, I think, right away. I mean, it's he's still kind of raw, even though he's kind of close to the big leagues. He, you know, he got to double A last year for, for a little bit. Uh, but I mean, yeah, he's going to have to work on on his approach, I think. And there's a chance he might move off shortstop and to center field, which would be a bit of a ding for his fantasy value. I mean, I think he still has the tools to be useful as an outfielder, but ideally, we'd like him to stay at shortstop. But yeah, I mean, Mazzara and Anderson actually had ranked kind of right next to each other, nice. and chose Mazzara with the second pick, and did not expect Anderson to kind of fall down to me and. I was picking right in front of Brett Sayer, and he, you know, admitted that he was going to take Anderson if I hadn't hadn't popped him with my third pick. So I was pretty happy about that. Very nice. And you know, Anderson had an 809 OPS last season uh, between rookie ball, high A, and double A, but he drew just nine walks in 364 plate appearances, nine homers, uh, ten stolen bases. Are you confident that as his game progresses, that he'll um, make more of an impact in the in the traditional five by five roto categories, or is he always kind of be going to be this uh, average average power, average speed type of guy? I think there's a ton of room for projection in the power department. I mean, he's already kind of showing the speed, but I think you could see twenty plus homers from him when it's all said and done, and then there's going to be about thirty steals or so to go along with that. Uh, the the lack of walks is it's an issue, but it's also kind of not an issue yet just because there's no, I mean, he's just a guy that's been hitting and raking. I mean, it's not, there's no reason for him to kind of change what he's doing at this point. I think he will have to down the line, but uh, I mean, look at a guy like Adam Jones. I think they they have, you know, similar sort of skill sets. um, And, you know, Jones doesn't take many walks, but it doesn't matter for fantasy really. I mean, that's kind of more of a real life issue. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, the on-base wasn't terrible this year, 328, not outstanding by any means, but yeah, he hit 303, uh, doesn't have to make that adjustment yet, but he definitely will, and so that'll be a big test for Tim Anderson of the White Sox. Uh, with your thir- uh, fourth pick in this mock, you grabbed Braden Shipley, who I know we've we've talked about quite a bit, and uh, for you, he's right, pretty much right on par with Archie Bradley, am I right? Yeah, yeah, well, I... Yeah, I mean, Chipley to me is like a top 25 prospect, basically. Yeah. I was I was really surprised I got him in the fourth round with the ninth pick in that round. So that, that was quite a fall, you know, based on where I had him. There were some guys going ahead of him, uh, you know, like Michael Franco went ahead of him. I, I don't think those two are that close at all. Um, Did you even have Franco ranked on your <laughs> top 200? I had him ranked, but not – I mean, this is – that was kind of aggressive. I mean, Mark Appel went ahead of him, which I disagree with um, quite strongly. And, you know, there were some other, you know, kind of bats that are a long ways away that went ahead of him. Guys like uh, Clint Frazier, um, you know, Raul Mondesi. I, I just don't see the case for taking someone like that That's that's got so much uh, room between them and the big leagues when I think Shipley probably gets into that rotation in 2016. Uh, along with Aaron Blair and Archie Bradley, and that's that's going to be kind of a nice little pitching nucleus they have. Yeah, definitely. And on your rankings, uh, which you can find at rotowire.com, again, uh, if you need 10 days free free access, check us out at rotowire.com slash free. Uh, let you get 
get a full run of the site, see exactly what we offer. I think our service is the best in the industry. But yeah, on your ranks, just a five spot difference uh, between Shipley and Bradley. Yet uh, Bradley went early second round in this. You ended up getting Shipley uh, really pretty late, and so I, I'm taking your you're higher on him than most people. But uh, when do you expect him to actually make an impact in the major leagues? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I'm that much higher. I mean, I was obviously higher on him than a lot of people in this mock, but like I know Keith Law's got him ranked like in his top thirty or something like that. And and I mean, it's it's not outrageous to have Shipley ranked pretty high. I think there's just a ton of upside there. I mean, he's a guy that was a shortstop before becoming a starting pitcher, so there's. There's more room for projection, I think, and he's already got two plus pitches in his fastball and his changeup. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot to like there. Big body, he's a guy that can handle handle a big workload. Yeah. And then you know, I, I ended up I ended up getting more pitching in this mock than I would have liked, but the, they just kept falling, and the value just got to a point where I just couldn't really justify passing on it. Yeah, I think that's wise. To, I mean, especially with prospects. I mean, pitching prospects are so volatile but taking the best player available here uh again just a mock but uh, i think it really shows i mean when you put all these guys kind of in a vacuum it, it just shows um you know just how how to value them especially for fantasy purposes but shipley last year you know this wasn't strictly fantasy though i think we should point that out right uh because we had you guys like callus picking guys who uh you know are, are lower on on some lists just because or higher on some lists just because of their real life potential impact in the major leagues their defensive skills uh and other skill sets but you know at our side of course we we focus strictly on fantasy impact uh, future potential fantasy impact uh, so that's one thing to keep in mind uh, but Shipley you know former first rounder uh 20 22 years old still uh, gonna turn 23 here later this month but 386 ERA 126 whip uh, 9.1 K per nine last year, so certainly a ton to like, and uh, I'm right there with you. It's certainly not calling you crazy or anything for having him as high as you do. I think that's certainly justified. Uh, but with your next pick, you grabbed Sean Manaya, who I know you like, but I'm kind of surprised that uh, you had the patience to take him and, and let Alex Chichi Gonzalez slide. Uh, <laughs> I know you're a big fan of him. He ended up going uh, the very, with the very next pick, but uh, let me know a little bit about Manaya, of course, on the Royals. Uh, went right after a fellow uh, well prospect in the Royals system, Hunter Dozier. Uh, but what is it about Manaya that you that you like especially? I you know I really like his size, and I mean he's a he's a big, tall lefty, uh, mid nineties fastball. You know, secondary pitchers are kind of coming along. Uh, it's just a really nice kind of body for a pitcher. I mean, just big lefties that throw hard. I mean, hard to go wrong with that. I think that pitching in Kauffman Stadium will be nice for him. He had like a one eight ERA or something over over the second half last season, uh, so really kind of coming into his own. I think Double A will be a nice test, but I think in twenty sixteen you'll see him in in the middle of that Royals rotation. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in him. Uh, of course, not a lot of professional experience yet. Just uh, his first full professional season this year was a. First round pick, thirty fourth overall in twenty thirteen, six five two thirty five, big powerful lefty. Uh, looking at his Twitter handle, it's Babies M Giraffe. Uh, this guy, somebody <laughs> who might have to give a follow, but 
Uh, yeah, at High Wilmington, though, last season, certainly impressive numbers. Whip, like to see that come down a bit from 1.28, but uh, certainly a lot to dream on there. There's, well, there's like, some guys, uh, like, the Royals have a bunch of pitchers that are, like, they have four guys that are going to get ranked in, in a lot of top 100s and everything, but Manaya is the guy, to me, over Miguel Almonte, over... Uh, Zimmer just because of the health questions and over Finnegan that I think is the best for fantasy I mean you can make a case that maybe some of like El Monte might be just as good for real life but Manaya is the guy that's going to get you the strikeouts yeah I'm with you Zimmer the shoulder issues at this point are really starting to add up and, and make me worried so um, and you know they have some I mean the, right now they have a decent core of starters but uh, I mean a lot of those guys are on short-term deals so going to be kind of a glaring need there here very soon and uh, I think Manaya could definitely fill that hole. I want to jump down a couple rounds uh, before we move on. You ended up taking Greg Bird with your second-to-last pick. This is a guy I got to see at the in the Arizona Fall League. Crushed a homer in the in the Fall Stars game. Uh, it, there are question marks about him. You know, a powerful lefty bat. But uh, do you think he could be the eventual successor to Mark Teixeira as soon as 2016? You know, I don't know if he has enough power to profile as, like, what you would think of when you think Yankees starting first baseman. But the Yankees recently haven't – I mean, a lot of what they've been doing and a lot of their performance hasn't been typical of what you expect out of the Yankees. So they might not have a choice. I mean, they they haven't been making that much of a splash in free agency lately. Um you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think he's more – he's kind of a Joey Votto mold of a first baseman. He's not the guy that's going to go out there and try to hit 40 home runs every year. But, I mean, just great approach. Um, walk rates well above uh, well above 12 in, in most of his stops at the, big le- at the minor leagues. So, I mean, I think that he's got the approach to, to stick in the big leagues. I just don't know if the power is going to be quite elite. But at that point in the draft, I just wanted to add a bat. Yeah, I, I see that, and you know the power did dip from 2013 to 2014. 20 homers uh, in 2013 at Low A Charlotte, but then 14 this season uh, between High A and Double A. Still not bad though, and he he walked 107 times in 2013, which I mean you mentioned that, but that's a really impressive number. Um, still just 21 years old, so uh, yeah, there's there's still some upside there, and I, I liked what I saw, but. Uh, I agree that he's really not an elite-level prospect. And uh, a guy like, you know, the Yankees, who are, of course, looking to try to compete every year, haven't been spending much this offseason. But um, I think with a guy like Bird, that they probably wouldn't think twice about, uh, you know, sending him off if they could upgrade to a major league-ready bat uh, to take over first base next season. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if if he was on the block for them. Uh, But, James, I want to – first, before we move on, I I also just want to let our – listeners know of the first 10 picks in this in this mock because i think people may be interested uh buxton went number one to callus uh i i'm a little surprised by that but uh i know him and chris bryant really won too and we, we saw the mlb.com rankings and and they had buxton so not as surprising as as it was when i first saw this but uh then brian at two to, to schlain correa at three uh solaire at four uh to craig glazer of uh cbs sports Corey Seager, uh, number five, to John Sickles. Addison Russell, number six, uh, to Brent Hershey. Syndergaard, of course, again, you took him. Then Sano, 
uh, Joey Gallo, J.P. Crawford, Lucas Giolito, Jock Peterson, Rusne Castillo, Julio Urias, and David Dahl. What was the biggest surprise to you in that first round? I think it was it was clearly J.P. Crawford for me. Uh, you know, Eno, I wasn't in this draft last year, but apparently Eno, uh, quote-unquote, reached on Mookie Betts, and everyone was kind of calling that like the surprise of that draft. And so obviously his track record kind of speaks for itself, so I'm not going to question uh, his logic on, on that pick, but that's not quite the range where I have him ranked. He kind of seems like... A uh, guy that might be better in reality than fantasy, and he's not extremely close to the big leagues. So, you know, those are a couple knocks against him. I mean, I would have probably taken a guy like Bruce Castillo or or Jack Peterson or Lucas Giolito at that point to either get that that big upside in Giolito or or a couple guys that are gonna di- be in the big leagues this year. Well, we'll jump to uh, an article that was just posted on the site today. Your latest in your farm futures series. You have the top 10 prospects of the AL West up today. You've had a couple other uh, divisions up in recent weeks as well. But we'll focus on the AL West today. Uh, really enjoying the series, by the way, James. But the Astros, one and two really aren't surprising. Uh, Carlos Correa, Mark Appel, one, two on your rankings in that organization. Uh, they, of course, shipped off Mike fulton uh Rio Ruiz, and others this offseason. Uh, so this system seems a little bit drained, but... Uh, do you think this may be slightly better than it looks on the surface? Uh, I, I don't know. I think that this system kind of gets pumped up a little too much, uh, especially for, if you're just talking about fantasy. Like, there's a lot of depth here, like a lot of guys that probably make the big leagues in some capacity, but I don't see a ton of impact here from a fantasy perspective. I think Correa, obviously, is going to be very impactful. Um, I mean, there's really no limit to what he could get done at shortstop there uh, with the bat. But, you know, the pitchers, Appel, Velasquez, uh, Michael Feliz, they aren't that exciting. I mean, they're mid-rotation guys probably at best. And then, you know, Derek Fisher might be the only other hitter in the system who I would say has a has a chance of being, you know, a fantasy, you know, guy you can build your fantasy team around. But he's forever away, so... Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, it's it's not as good as it's been in past years. They've had a lot of graduations, obviously, but Correa still, you know, he's a top five dynasty league guy. So, I mean, that's that's a nice guy to have at the top. Yeah, and you mentioned Vincent Velasquez. Uh, you know, pretty good numbers last season between rookie ball and high A. Seems like a little ways away. Uh, you said possibly a middle rotation guy, but uh, just based off the strikeout upside, do you think maybe he ends up as a as a late inning arm? Yeah, he might. I mean, it's he's too far away for that to be kind of discussed at this point. I mean, I, I mentioned that I see these guys as mid-rotation guys, but I could see Appel or Velasquez maybe taking a jump this year and getting back into that conversation as, as maybe a number two starter or something like that. But as it stands right now, I mean, they're not guys. They're not like top 20 pitching prospects for me. Now, you have your best bet for the Astros uh, for 2015 as Domingo Santana. Uh, this is a guy who really struggled last season in, in the limited time with the big club. Uh, what what makes you confident that he's going to you know, turn around and actually return some value this season? 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm not confident in that. I you know the this series I've been doing for each for each team I've been saying which guy is the most upside and which guy is the best bet for 2015. In all reality, the, the Astros don't have anybody who I would recommend going after in a fantasy league for 2015, but I felt compelled to say someone. So, I mean, Santana probably gets another chance at some point if he's raking in, in the minors, which he probably will. But the struggles last year to make contact are, are pretty real to me, and I think they've made some upgrades in, in that outfield to the point where he's – no longer a big part of their long-term plans yeah 14 strikeouts and 17 at bats with the big club last season and yeah they sent colby rasmus got evan gaddis i mean they uh, traded for jake marisnik as well last last uh year at the trade deadline so really uh pushing him down the organization ladder but i i hear you i mean you want to throw a name out there, but I, I'm not confident uh, either that Centennial will make much of an impact. One guy that I kind of like uh, who you're not going to hear listed on many lists like this is Tony Kemp, who's uh, he's kind of got some Jose Altuve in him. I mean, he's a second baseman with a, with a good hit tool and some speed. Obviously, he's blocked, though. I mean, he might be ready. Uh, midway through the season to to get bumped up to the big leagues, but there's not going to be anywhere for him to play. Well, we'll jump to the Angels. Uh, their system widely considered one of the worst in baseball, uh, but they they added one guy this off season who uh, I'm excited about, and that's Andrew Heaney, who tops your list uh, as far as their prospects go. Uh, followed by Sean Newcomb, Kyle Kubica, uh, Joe Gatto, Roberto Ball. <laughs> Baldequin, Chris Ellis. <laughs> I'm not as familiar with these names. This is digging deep because these guys. Well, are yeah, I was going to say terrible. like we can basically just talk about Andrew Heaney and yeah. move on because you know these new, guys newcomb are... maybe you own him in like a league that goes 200 prospects deep, but I mean it's really just kind of Heaney, and yeah. at that point you can just skip it. So I mean, I'm Heaney... excited about Heaney, but I think Nick Trapiano too is maybe kind of an under the radar acquisition for them. Yeah, I just don't I. It's hard for me to rank guys that are going to be kind of replacement level fantasy. I mean, you can get a guy like that whenever you want on the waiver wire, basically. So, I mean, it's it's nice organizational depth, but not too exciting from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, it sounds like Trapiano is going to get a chance to compete for a rotation spot this season. 303 ERA, 098 whip, uh, 8.7 K per nine with the Astros uh, AAA Oklahoma City affiliate last season. So I think, I mean, with a strong spring, he could could grab a, a spot in that rotation, but certainly not nearly as appealing as Heaney. Heaney, you, you have listed as your best bet for 2015 and as well as the prospect with the most upside. Uh, do you see him as a lock to break camp with the Major League team? Uh, no, uh, but I think he's the front runner for that number five starter job, and this is kind of a perfect opportunity to buy low on him if you're in a dynasty league or just for redraft purposes he struggled last year with the marlins so he's not going to cost you anything on draft day really and in dynasty leagues you could probably trade you know if you want to go for it this year you could trade a guy that's further away from from your prospects and possibly get heaney back and kubitz uh they got from from uh atlanta I think he actually could be decent. I mean, it's it's hard to really know, but it, he had some some impressive numbers. But when he's your third third overall prospect, uh, you're in trouble. But 
of course they spend spent big in recent off seasons and are really going for it uh, this year and in the years ahead. So uh, could be in big trouble though uh, come you know 2017 and beyond. But of course they always have Mike Trout they can lean on and build around. So uh, we'll jump to the A's. Matt Olson tops your rankings here. Franklin Barreto, uh, Renato Nunez, Sean Nolan. Uh, those are the top four for the A's. Of course, they've been very busy. Uh, and a guy who's kind of uh, kind of getting some love as a sleeper this year, but you have him 10th on your rankings, Kendall Graveman. Uh, do you think he actually competes for a rotation spot and maybe cracks that rotation, or are you kind of down on his potential this season? I think Sean Nolan's the guy that gets that job. I, I mean, Graveman's numbers in the minors are great, but he doesn't miss bats. He's just not a big league caliber starter in my opinion he's kind of a swing man nolan has a bit more upside i mean he's a lefty uh he's also got pretty solid numbers you know i think pitching in that ballpark there's a there's a chance that he could do something useful i kind of compared him to uh, uh what's his um tommy malone who they used to have you know just a lefty that you can kind of start when they're at home you can kind of stream him. I think you could maybe do that with Nolan, uh, at least until they get their guys back, like Jared Parker and AJ Griffin. Yeah, and this is an organization that traded, you know, several of their top prospects. But 18-year-old Franklin Barreto, uh, really pretty exciting. Now only, only six homers last season in 73 games with Low A Vancouver, but an 8.65 OPS, uh, 26 walks, 64 strikeouts, 61 RBI ways away at that age, but uh, can you give me an idea of what we can expect as he uh, matures and, and fills out? Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of like Tim Anderson, just, just further away. I mean, just tools, all, you know, six homers, but he was really young, so it's, it's hard to kind of put much stock into that. I think there's more power there, uh, good bat speed. Right now, it's kind of gap to gap, but could go over the fence uh, in a couple of years a bit more and this the speed's pretty real so you know a guy that could go 2020 uh, maybe 2030 and it's just the problem is he's three or four years away so you you need some patience if you're going to hold him yeah most definitely and uh, you mentioned the speed only caught on the base pass five times in 34 attempts uh that's on in 73 games too so certainly a lot to like there and yeah, I'm I'm excited about this team. It doesn't seem like, you know, aside from, uh, you know, maybe maybe Nolan, who you do have as your best bet, not a lot of guys are really going to make an impact this season. No, I it's it's a bottom ten system for me for fantasy, just because uh, there's really only a couple guys. I I would have Matt Olson and Franklin Barreto in my top 100, but that's it, and the rest of the guys are kind of fringe top 200 guys. So. Uh, only only a little bit of impact at the top of the system, but some some interesting depth pieces further down. You know, I'm not really sure how many games he appeared in with San Diego last year, and I assume you didn't rank him because he's you know already a bullpen guy. But do you think R.J. Alvarez? I mean, the strikeout numbers have been gaudy. Do you think he could be a guy who could be a sleeper for for saves this season? If if maybe Sean Doolittle has a hiccup with the shoulder. Uh. I mean, I, I don't think I would target him at all. I, he's a guy that you might have to add a, off the waiver wire if something like that develops, but I would I would imagine it's Tyler Clippard. 
there until Doolittle's back. Yeah, most I would assume so. But you never know if if Doolittle ha- hits a rough stretch or, or if he himself gets hurt. I mean, just his ability to miss bats, averaging thirteen point two strikeouts per nine so far in his major league or minor league career, twelve point seven at Double A last year. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not a guy who's gonna advocate going after relief prospects in fantasy, but uh, this is a guy who I think could end up could end up making a splash, at least working himself into a late inning he, role at some point. He would have been ranked if he was still on the angels like i mean when they tra- they traded him to san diego and for then, houston then san diego traded him to but i mean like mm-hmm. he, yeah i mean the systems it's not great but it's too good to to rank a reliever like that on to seattle uh top their prospect lists here or rankings dj peterson uh first baseman slash third base bat uh corner guy gabriel guerrero who you who did you did pop in that uh, baseball pro mock? Then Alex Jackson, uh, early pick last season in the uh, first year player draft. Uh, Kettle Marte, Edwin Diaz. Uh, your best bet for 2015 though is uh, can you help me pronounce his name. Patrick, Patrick Kivlahan. Kivlahan. I, I I mean this is kind of like the Domingo Santana one in that I just don't see anybody on this team that's going to make a big impact. Uh, this season you can maybe make a case that Kettle Marte might be uh, I mean he's got more upside if you were to make a, a debut than, than Kivlahan but he probably profiles better at second base and they obviously have Robinson Cano so I don't see that as being very likely uh, Kivlahan just just kind of a a guy that might just be a quad a guy in the end he, he's a first baseman slash outfielder slash third baseman but i mean he doesn't really have enough power to to carry any of those positions so um someone that might get a call if there's an injury or if he's just really hitting well at triple a but uh probably nothing to see here for 2015 yeah not in this division overall not a lot of guys who are really going to make an impact but a, a guy who finishes four innings over the the cutoff for rookie status was taiwan walker of course he's going to compete with rowanis elias for uh, the final rotation spot there. Are you still really high on Walker? Yeah. I know the I know the system, or at least the manager Lloyd McClendon kind of soured on him, or at least uh, was frustrated with him at times last year. I like Walker a lot. I think Walker, uh, had he been available, uh, had he still qualified, I would have probably taken him over Syndergaard in that in that mock. So I mean, he's he's a really nice young arm. I think you got to take him in all mixed leagues this year, uh, just on the the chance that he gets that rotation spot because I think there's plenty of upside. Yeah, he was a guy who, you know, admittedly didn't make my top 350, but it was more of an oversight uh, than anything. And he's he's going to be on there in my next update. Uh, but I still I'm still hesitant to push him any higher than like maybe 240, 250 range. Do you remember where you ranked him? Uh yeah, it's somewhere in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely in the top 300, but not in the top 200. Yeah, uh, you know I like him more than Andrew Heaney, who's you know also fighting for a number five starter job. Uh, just kind of like Walker's upside more, and I think he's safer. I mean his numbers are pretty solid. Uh, his in his limited big league experience. So sure. uh, if you're looking for like a younger guy to take a flyer on in towards the end of your draft, I think Walker over Heaney would be my pick. Now the Rangers uh, to finish off the AL West. They have some some definite uh, impact impact prospects coming through the system, uh, more so than most of the other teams here. Uh, but 
Joey Gallo, while he ranks atop your your ranks here uh, for the Rangers system, he's not actually your best bet for 2015. That'd be Alex Chichi Gonzalez. Uh, are you, you think Gallo will remain in the system for the, or in the minors th- for the majority of the year? Is that primarily why you have uh, Chichi ahead of him? Yeah, I don't think it's a lock that Gallo gets to the big leagues this year. And if he does... I think you could see him struggle kind of like Javi Baez did last year just with the strikeouts. I mean, he's he's a big swing and miss guy. So, you know, even if you stash him with the hope that he gets called up and gives you like eight or ten homers in limited action, that could happen, but it might come with like a 180 batting average. So it's not it's not really worth it for, for 2015, but I do love him long term. Yeah, I like your write-up on Gallo here. I mean, just have a sentence, but then powerful. Effortless, <laughs> destructive, so, 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 <laughs> so destructive. When I was when I was writing about Gallo, uh, I ended up having to trim, you know, maybe a hundred words or so from from <laughs> it, just because I was I just kept going on and on and just on about his, about his power. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's just he's got crazy power, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna get to go see him, like you mentioned, in in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, when Frisco comes to town there, so I mean that's that's going to be great. Just get yeah. get by the cage and watch him. I do need his you thing. to take some iPhone video I, and send them to me. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I'm definitely going to be taking plenty of video of that. Yeah, I think I loved your RotoWire outlook form too. You know, of the 7.1 billion <laughs> people on Earth, only Jean Carlos Stanton. I mean, it's true. I mean, this guy's raw power is really unparalleled. Uh, but that does it for the AL West. We're, this is a prospect podcast on here. We're going to kind of keep it in the 30 to 40 minute range for our listeners. Uh, don't want to do overkill early on, but want to get to a little argument we had, James. Just a friendly discussion, really. But um, Dalton Pompey versus Anthony Ghost for 2015. I'm on the Pompey side. Uh, I think even if he bats, you know, eighth or ninth in that Blue Jays lineup, you know, with guys like Reyes. Uh, Russell Martin, Batista behind him. Pitchers are really going to have to attack the zone. I think Pompey could make for a nice source of, you know, steals and and maybe runs and average. Uh, But you like Anthony Ghost more this season. Ghost is a guy who really hasn't shown much offensively so far in his career. Really good defender, but uh, what what about it makes you think that he's going to come into his own at the plate this year? So, I mean, if we were to just talk about this and, like, talk about uh pedigree i mean anthony ghost has a lot more prospect pedigree than than dalton pompey pompey kind of jumped on the scene last year but ghost is a guy whose tools have kind of had him in the in the discussion for for quite a while uh it's not that i necessarily would take ghosts over pompey like if you just said take one for 2015 but i think it's a discussion i think it's close i think they're both gonna probably struggle to hit 250 or 260 but there's going to be 20 to 30 steals uh, i think that ghost is going to hit second in that order sometimes um which is i mean i i know we debated this but i mean who you'd have to put castellanos there maybe or jose iglesias i don't see those guys as better options than ghost given his speed given the fact that he's a lefty bat to kind of split up the kinsler cabrera uh one and three in that order so i i just think that i think that he's going to get some runs and some steals that might top what pompey produces although 
there there might be a little bit more downside in the batting average, but I still think that they're going to be similar this year in that regard. You know, I respect your opinion without question, um, but I just don't see ghosts, you know, ever being much more than a you know, defensive only really uh, center fielder. And I also think he's going to, you know, lose out on quite a bit of playing time, well, at least against left-handed pitching Rajay Davis, uh, you know, is is definitely a guy who I, I think they're they want to get involved and ha- remain involved uh, in the platoon role at least. If you know, the, there's a possibility that he could even lose more time. But I, I think they got ghosts primarily to you know bat eighth or ninth against right-handed pitching and then sit against lefties. Uh, you know, still on the favorable end of a platoon. Uh, certainly, a lot of guys in in that situation who are fantasy relevant. But just a 604 OPS last season for ghosts. Two homers, uh, fifteen steals. You're saying the twenty to thirty range may be realistic for him, but uh, caught five times. I'm am just not really seeing that, and uh, just his place in the order and the uncertainty. Uh, I just don't see him, and plus his major league track record. I just don't see him being an option in the two hole for for a team like uh, Detroit that that has a lot of other capable bats. Maybe not at the start of the season, but I mean, do they? Who are their capable bats that they could bat second? I mean, I think Castellanos probably be a better better option i mean i i don't i wouldn't call him a capable well no, he's not yet. I, I, I just mean, mean I like in, the, in that order overall i think it's up for grabs i think that second spot in the order is up for grabs i don't know if you want to start started off righty 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 uh and i and i also think that you know ghost's speed in the minors i mean he stole 69 bags at double a one year he stole 76 bags at at low A one year and last year combined between triple A and the big leagues, he had 36. Uh, I mean, I just, I, th- I think that the speed is, is legit like 70 grade and Pompey. I mean, it, it might be kind of in that same range, I guess Pompey might have a more secure job, but I just don't see the production being that different once the season starts between the two guys. So I think ghost does enough defensively, um, and with his speed on the bases to kind of get, you know, 500 or so plate appearances. And if he gets there, I think 30 steals is definitely doable. Well, it's interesting. And, you know, to Ghost's credit, I mean, he did improve his on-base by nearly 30 points last year uh, thanks to his big spike in walk rate. Uh, so, you know, there are encouraging signs. It's still, again, just a 604 OPS. But, you know, if he's if he can give you speed alone, I mean, that, that makes him uh, – you know, a, a valuable commodity, even if he is a one category. But thirty steals uh, would certainly well, push him up, up my board. And I, I also I don't see that. I also think that, you know, if one of these two guys were to hit double digit homers, I think you would have to say it would be Ghost because he's actually done that before at the minor league level. I mean, he hasn't done it at the big league level, but Pompey has shown relatively no power. I mean, he had nine between high A and double A and triple A last year, but that's, I mean, nine homers for a guy who's going to be, you know, starting in the big leagues. I mean, if he only hit nine in the minors, I don't see him jumping to 10 or 12 in the big leagues. So I, I think you, you go ghost for the power as well. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, no, it's going to be, it'll be interesting. Be we'll have to put some sort of wager on yeah, it. Yeah, we will. And. We we should do that on on the next podcast. I'm, I'm happy to know that I won't have any competition from you on ghosts in the in the stake league. Yeah, definitely not. And I I admit <laughs> too that <Definitely not. laughs> that's probably one of the one players that we we won't be bidding in a bidding war over. But uh, yeah, I also say that maybe 
I just have some bias too because I actually got to see Pompey again, uh, and he was very impressive. But maybe I'm I'm you know putting too much stock into what I saw. Uh, don't want to. That can be dangerous, definitely, if you fall in love with guys you see. Uh, but I'm willing to throw that aside for Aaron Judge, who we can we can touch on <laughs> next week. Uh, Two forty two overall, though, ghosts in your rankings. Um, <clears throat> the only one of us in the roundtable for Rotowire to rank him was DVR at three ten. Uh, so you're you're definitely the high man, and you know it's, it's a guy who's it really isn't being drafted much at all. You're really giving him the, the full endorsement. I just think that if you want speed in the later rounds of drafts, he's a guy like I would take the over on say you put the steals at like 28 i'd take the over on 28 steals i'd take the over on 60 runs um i mean i just i don't see how you can get that kind of production from from other guys down in that range yeah i the guy who i kind of have in that range actually who i don't think you ranked was jordan schaefer of course he was once a kind of a big prospect but uh are you sure i didn't rank him i don't think so let me double check here uh Actually, no, you did. Sorry, two ninety six. I had him two forty three. But then, uh, Jeff, Derek, and Michael did not rank him. So I apologize for that. But I think Schaefer. I think I kind of see him returning the kind of value that that you think Ghost uh, is going to turn in. But it's an interesting debate, and we'll have plenty more on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast in the weeks ahead. That'll do it for our very first episode. Thank you for listening, uh, James. Thank you uh, for your time. And again, we'll have to, you know, watch. MILB.TV throughout the season uh, get to you with some you know first hand uh, analysis and you know evaluate these guys and uh, have interesting debates throughout the year uh, thanks again uh, that'll do it for the Roadwire Prospect Podcast we'll be back with you next week so you own your own business got small ambitions for this business of course you don't got medium ambitions for this business of course you don't who has medium ambitions you got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.